Sure. I want to um, just stay in the vein of, of worship this morning as well. And um, I just know that God is on the move. He is on the move and he is doing things in his people now. And even this morning, he is touching and healing. And I, I want to go after something this morning. I want to go after um, diabetes. I, this morning, I prayed with a friend of mine. And I just, I just felt like, okay, God, you're moving in this, this subject. And I want to stay in that flow. And I want to open it up to, to anybody this morning. So before we go after that, I want to tell a quick um, testimony. So when we went away... On our trip, we went to the healing rooms. And you're supposed to write down on this piece of paper, like physically, what you want prayed for. So I'm like listing stuff. I'm like, I only got three spaces. Like, mm, fine, whatever, I'll pick three. <laughs> but, and, um, and so I picked three, like headaches, backaches, stuff like that, insomnia, right? And, and so we go to these healing rooms, and nah, 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 nah. God's like, nope, I'm going to your heart. And so <laughs> these people start praying um, for deep uh, issues that I didn't even know I was having. I had thought, back when I was 18, I thought I had dealt with all my father issues, right? Because I, I grew up in an abusive home. Um, my dad wasn't abusive and my mom wasn't abusive, but the boyfriends my mom had were, and my dad was kind of just um, doing his thing on the side. I would see him maybe every other weekend at best, right? So I kind of had some, some deep longings in there, <laughs> um, some issues that I just needed the Father to come and heal. And so they were like, this, this kind old man, his name was Rex, bless you Rex, right? Like he was about the age of what my father would be. And he was like, I feel like I want to give you a father's blessing. <sighs> even know I was coming here for that. Like, <laughs> I just lost it. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought God was just like healing um, some deep inner wounds inside of me. Um, and I was like, that's okay. I came here to get physical healing. But if God wants to do emotional healing, inner healing, I will take whatever he's handing out. I will not say no. And so I just didn't think anything of it. And a couple weeks later, I've been having trouble with um, high blood sugar so dumb. I, I don't know. Okay. So it's just an inconvenience and it's totally ridiculous. Um, and so I've had to been watching really carefully what I'm, what I'm eating. Like, ugh. so like, forget desserts. You just got to watch your carbs. No, you can't have two cups of rice. You can have two tablespoons. And so it's just like, it's just annoying. Okay. And I noticed about two weeks after we'd come home, like, I literally just found gluten-free mint Oreos. <laughs> and I was like, yes, this is the dream of my life. So I had a couple, like three or four in one sitting, which is normally I know I can't do that. Like I can have maybe a half of one or one for the whole day. So, and I felt nothing. My body did not experience what I would have experienced with the high blood sugar. And I was like, what? I'm going to test this out. So I kept like just eating whatever. I wasn't watching it, and I was just eating stuff, normal stuff that normal people eat. And I felt like, God, you healed me of something I didn't even ask for and something that was, must have been rooted in some kind of father issue I had. I don't know. And so I want to go after that this morning because Woody Woodson says, you are an authorized dealer of what you've received. And if I've received healing, 
you can receive it too. So if you are pre-diabetic or diabetic or just have trouble with high blood sugar, I want you to stand up and we are going to go after that this morning and we are going to say no in the name of Jesus and we're going to break that off of you. Yeah, you keep them coming. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father. Wow. Okay. If you just want to extend your hands to these people, and we are just going to go after this thing this morning, and we are going to say no more in the name of Jesus. Father God, we just release your healing right now over every single person standing, everyone online who, who may be watching that has this problem, Lord. God, that you would just come and meet them and that their body would be whole and healed in the name of Jesus and it would, um, it, the blood sugar would uh, be how you created it to be, right? That their body would digest it properly and they would have no more problems with this. And God, if they are having, um, if, if this problem is rooted in a father issue, God, I just pray that you would speak to that right now in the name of Jesus, that you would touch the deep places of their heart and that, Father God, you would come and show them you as father, that you would heal them right now in the name of Jesus. We rebuke diabetes. We speak healing and wholeness over your heart, over your emotions, over your body right now. Whoa, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You are a good and loving father. You are a good and loving father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Okay, you can be seated. And so, obviously, like the thing to do, if you have diabetes, don't do what I did. Eat four cookies. You know what I'm saying? And, and things like this, like for me, it wasn't instant. I didn't even know it was happening. It took a couple weeks. And it took, sometimes that's how God works. So I want you to test it out throughout this week. Maybe when you're testing your blood sugar or maybe it's not that, maybe it's not like super diabetes, maybe it's just high blood sugar and you have to, you can feel it in your body. But I want you to test that out. And if you feel like God has healed you or he started healing you like 50 to 80%, I want you to like write a testimony down and, and give it to um, maybe just uh, any of the leaders, any anybody at the front desk there um, sitting in the lobby or just come and let us know because that testimony is the prophecy, right? So the Bible tells us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what one person's testimony is can be a prophetic word released to you, and God can move and do it in your life. So um, it just builds our faith, right? So, and that kind of is like what I'm talking about today. So I, just, I know we're like kind of on a serious note, but I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to just do something funny. So a little, I, every time I've spoke so far, I've given like a little known fact about me. <laughs> and today, my little known fact is, when I was in fourth grade, I dressed up as Dolly Parton. We have a picture. <laughs> and there I am. In all my glory, I thought I was going to be a country music singer. So naturally, I would dress up as Dolly Parton and sing all of her songs. <laughs> so I just thought that would be funny to kind of bring... <laughs> I'm very dead serious in that picture, too. <laughs> Who knows? Probably silver and gold. <laughs> Probably, most likely. Nine to five. No, it doesn't look like I was being peppy. So, um, okay, you can take that down. Um, and as I said, just a quick bio. 
I am AJ's wife. We've been married almost 17 years. We have two beautiful kids. Um, I became a Christian at 18 in this church, actually. Um, I grew up in, like I said, an abusive home that it, there wasn't a lot of physical violence, but there was a lot of emotional and verbal abuse that I witnessed towards my mom. Um, sometimes we would hear it, like over here, them talking about us kids, you know, talking bad about us. And, you know, that's just for a child. You're like an innocent child to hear that. It's just not, it's not appropriate. So, <clears throat> but God always had his hand on me, always, throughout my entire life, even when I didn't know. Because it, it was, we didn't go to church. It wasn't a Christian home. I mean, my mom believed in God, but we didn't actively pursue that. Um, so, I guess, long story short, that was a little bit about me. End of that. So last week, Eric had talked about bringing your gifts, bringing your time, volunteering, bringing your money, bringing um, your talents. Um, bring something. You have something to offer to the Lord. You have something to give. So um, bring that. And I kind of want to piggyback off of that this morning, and I want to talk about co-laboring with God and building our faith and this is just something God put on my heart a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, we got to go after this. We got to go after this. Um, and it just, God just this works so beautifully, right? Like everything he's been doing this morning and um, throughout the week has just been like leading up to this. Like he's building the faith, and he's working in his people. Um, so in First Corinthians, it tells us that we are co-laborers together with God. For In the King James, it says, for we are laborers together with God, right? We're not just servants and slaves, but we are laborers with him. We have such an honor to serve the most high God and to, and to partner with him. He is, of course, always master, but he's also friend. Um, and so I I don't know that I'm necessarily going to speak about anything this morning that you don't already know, but I want it to be a charge and a challenge, and I want it to spur something in you to, um, to act, to move on maybe some of the things that God has placed in your heart, that he's doing in your lives. Um, and so co-laboring with God doesn't mean that we just sit here and we do nothing, and we just wait. Right? There are seasons of that. Um, if we didn't have, if God never made it so that we would co-labor with him and he would just act in his sovereignty all the time, what would that look like for us? Probably we wouldn't even have to pray. We would just like worship all the time and we would just be like little minions, little slaves, doing whatever he said, whatever. Right? We would not be friends of God. We wouldn't have a covenant relationship with him. So it's, it's a beautiful thing that he has designed for us to step into and to partner with him. What an honor and a privilege. First Thessalonians says, and we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ. Co-worker, co-laborer, laboring together, working together, partnering with Right, that, that, is, that is our call. 
That is our call. And so most of the time, God doesn't just miraculously come down and lord over his will over our lives and his sovereignty. Now, don't get me wrong. He is sovereign all the time. And there are seasons where he's like, no, I want you to sit back and watch and wait. <clears throat> and he will act in his sovereignty, right? He will do whatever he wants in, in that moment. But there's also something super beautiful that he's called us to, which is free will. He's given us that, right? He's given us our free will. But when we have a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus, our free will is surrendered at the feet of Jesus. We surrender that, and we choose to partner with him. And it's like our heart is directly connected to his heart, and it's no longer this issue of like, oh, like, I want something you don't want, Lord, right? Like, our hearts are connected. And it kind of reminds me of the story of Jonah, right? Like, that's an, that was like an act of his sovereignty, where Jonah's like, I'm not going to do your will. I'm going to run away. And he ended up in the belly of a big fish for three days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's, that's what it's like when we've surrendered our free will to him and we're partnering with him. He's going to pursue us and chase us. Right, and he's not going to let us fall. Um, but that's because we have the choice to choose him. Right, we have that choice to choose to partner with him. You don't have to, but I don't want to end up in the belly of a big fish for a long time. So <laughs> that'd be kind of gross and slimy. I feel like <laughs> krill and dead bones of fish. I don't know. It's yuck. We don't want that. <laughs> um, so let's let's see. I don't know if do we have First Peter up there. If we do, we can just put it up real quick. If not, I'll just read it because it's just real short. So it says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to other, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So what does co-laboring with God look like? Well, to start off, it looks like use whatever gift you've received to serve others as a faithful steward of his grace, right? By using the gifts and talents you've already been given, that's an easy place to start. That's usually not that hard, like, oh, I've, I've been given the town of singing, I'll go on the worship team. I've been given the town of teaching, I'll go down in the nursery and, and help with the kids, or I'll, I'll start a Bible study in my home, or I've been given the the gift of um, encouragement. I will encourage those around me. Those are usually a natural place to start when we want to co-labor with God and his purposes for our lives, right? Um, sometimes, once you've started that little trek, he's going to call you out to do bigger things, things that necessarily you're not naturally good at, and it's going to stretch, and it's going to challenge, and you're going to grow. And he's going to say, do you have faith for this? And that's kind of like the second part of what I want to talk about, because co-laboring means that we trust God, and we have faith that he's going to do what he said he's going to do, right? <clears throat> um, and before I get into the faith part, co-laboring also applies to prophetic words that you've been given, things that God has spoken directly to you, and our gifts and our talents. It doesn't just pertain to, well, just steward the gifts and talents. 
steward the prophetic words. We're going to talk about that a little later, how God had spoken a a prophetic word to me, and if I had not acted on it, he wasn't going to move, right? Sometimes the prophetic word he's speaking over your life, if you don't take a step to him, he's he's waiting for you to come. He's waiting for you to take that, that step of faith, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. He wants that faith in you to come out, for you to take action on it. Okay, so we need to put our faith to action. We can't just simply believe, but we must do something with the faith that we have. And the beautiful thing is, which we're going to talk about in a second, we only need like this much. It's like super tiny. It's not even like a lot. Like honestly. So we're going to read first about what is faith, because the Bible is so beautiful, and it just lays out the definition for us. I don't got to go searching for it anywhere. I'm going to look in the Webster's Dictionary. Literally in Hebrews 11, 1 through 6, it tells me. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Right? So it's being confident in what I'm, I'm hoping for in my heart, what I'm hoping will happen. God, I'm I just hope that you heal me. I hope that you bring my wayward son or wayward daughter back. I hope, right? These are things that are aligned with the will of Christ anyways. And it's saying that we're being confident in that. We're not just having having the hope of the world, which is like, I wish in a dreamland somewhere. No, you're being confident in that hope. And you're being assured about what you don't see because in the natural, you're not seeing that. You're not seeing what you're hoping for. But you are assured of it, that it will come. Okay? And so going on to read, it says, By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And by faith... Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. That's weird. We're going to keep moving on because I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm sure it means something good, Lord. <laughs> by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God gives gifts and rewards, gifts and rewards, gifts and rewards. Listen. If that's rocking your world today, it's fine. Just let it rock it. Lord's going to do something. Set you free. Right there. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. And he also gives us gifts. He's a good and loving father. He's not some mean ogre up in the sky waiting for you to screw up, slap you on the wrist, and say, no, you get nothing. Go to your room. No. He loves to reward those who earnestly seek him. Right? And he's saying, without faith, it's impossible to please him. 
And we know that the Bible also says that faith without deeds is dead. We have to put those two together. We can't just say, well, I believe in my heart, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Like this morning, I was feeling like, okay, God, we're going to go after something this morning. We're going to go after the healing that every time someone came to Jesus, he says, I am willing. They would say, Lord, Master, if you're willing, I know that you can heal me. Okay, that's the word of God. I'm going to partner with it, and I'm going to take a mustard seed of faith, step out, and I'm going to believe that you are going to heal these people. That's, my, that's, that's putting action to my faith, right? It's not just me sitting up here thinking in my mind, oh, Lord, it would be super great if you healed those people. No, I had to take an action to that, right? He's calling all of us to do that in our lives, no matter what that looks like. And I don't know what that looks like for you. That can be 100 million different things in 100 million different ways. This is kind of my favorite part about the faith. I didn't need to have a ton. I only needed to have how much? A tiny mustard seed. Y'all know how big a mustard seed is like legit. Let's put the picture up and show them. Oh my gosh. That's compared to a penny, people. It's literally one to two millimeters in diameter. Like, I can't even right now with that. It's like... Like, I can't even hold that in my fingers. That's the father you serve. He's not like, in order for you to move mountains, you got to have the greatest faith, this most radical faith. He's like, all you need is a tiny mustard seed. This is what it says in Matthew 17 through 20 in the NIV. Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he says, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Are y'all getting that? Like this tiny mustard seed. Nothing will be impossible for you if that's all you've got. Oh, we serve a good God. See, he knew when he created us that there's going to be times in our life when we just didn't think we had enough faith. When we just felt like it was going to be impossible for us to move mountains. And he was like, no, 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 that's okay. You only need this much. And I can work with that. And we can grow it. And we can build it together. And I, I think there's also something really great about, so we talked about taking steps out in faith with your gifts and your talents, something that's easy and natural. But what about when God calls you to something that's hard, that you've never done before, that's completely foreign to you, right? There's something really beautiful about that type of growing in our faith. Because when we take steps out, even tiny steps, he's going to meet us and he's going to build that faith layer by layer. With those things that we thought were impossible, with those things that were like, I'm not super good at like me right now. I'd rather be up there singing to some music. That's like my comfort zone. That's easier for me than standing up here and talking to you guys. But I'm growing and I'm stretching and it's challenging. And I'm saying, I got, I got this much. Just being real. I got this much. Here I am, Lord. 
Use me. Make the impossible possible. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh my goodness, so funny. Sometimes, because sometimes in our lives, God will ask you to do those things once you, you know, I think it's a, it's a journey, and I think he starts small. I don't think usually he comes at you with like, hey, right off the bat, I want you to do something really ridiculous that you've never done in your life. He's kind. He's going to start you with something like probably easy so it can build, right? And so um, sometimes when we have that natural gifting that's easy for us, sometimes we forget who the gift giver is. Sometimes we forget to pay honor to him who gave us the gift because it's so natural and easy for us to enter into that. I, I heard a story from a famous preacher. I won't mention any names. And he was like, yeah, I wasn't very good in school and didn't get good grades, barely graduated. And I wrote, like, now in my life, you know, 40 years later, whatever, he's written several best-selling books. And he had the opportunity to be given a master's degree just because from all the research from his books and things that he's written, they were just going to give him an honorary degree. And so he took, started taking steps to get this degree, right? God says, excuse me. Hi, I heard you're getting a master's degree. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Yeah, I am. And God's like, did you ask me if you could get that degree? And he's like, oh, shoot, can I get this degree? And God's like, nope. Oh. And this is like something that he totally wanted to validate himself, right? That he was going to be so proud of that he was going to, and God's like, if you get this master's degree, part of your testimony, your whole life story is a testimony about how God can use people like you that don't think they can do it, that have no degree, and you're going to just completely obliterate that testimony. Your whole life, that's what I have done. Is I have used you in your weakness and done great things. And if you get this degree, you're going to tell people that they can't do it either because they don't have a degree. Oh, come on. So I just think there is, there's this point we get to when we're like, okay, God, <clears throat> make up for where I lack and use me in my weakness. And it's okay if I don't have validation from the world because I have validation from you. So in keeping with um, building the faith and co-laboring with God, in 2 Peter, it says, this is the amplified version, for this very reason, adding your diligence, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge or intelligence. And so it's, it's not that we sit here and do nothing. We add diligence to God's divine promises. We take every effort to exercise our faith. Does that sound like doing nothing? No. Take every effort to exercise your faith, to develop virtue and knowledge. That's, sometimes that's easy, sometimes that's not, right? <clears throat> so I want to, let's see, 
let me think. I'm trying to think where to go with this because I just want to be obedient to what God wants to bring to you guys this morning. Thanks for thinking. You must be an encourager. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you a testimony real quick. Um, several years ago when our kids were just really little, like babies, God was teaching me how to pray, teaching me all the different ways to pray, warfare prayers, prayers and resting. Um, and one of the main things that he was doing through me, because honestly at that time, I hadn't been a Christian very long, and I maybe was coming to God as a foreigner instead of a friend, instead of this covenant relationship with him. And, and so I was asking for things, and, and I was worshiping him, but it was maybe more like you're distant. And so he was like, okay, I want you to seek first, like it says in Matthew, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that you need will be added unto you. And so he was teaching me in that season, I don't want you to ask me for things, I want you just to seek my face first. That was where I was, okay? And so I was like, okay, he's doing something in my heart. And so I, I had a lot of needs at the time, but I was building covenant relationship. I was co-laboring with him and taking steps of faith by not asking and by seeking his kingdom and his righteousness first. And he would come and provide all of those things that I had need of. He was so faithful to build that trust covenant relationship with me so that later on in life, I could use that to build off of, and I have to trust him for bigger things now. See, that's where we start. We start with the small things, and then it builds our faith, so now we can ask and seek bigger things and trust God for bigger things. And so I was in this season, fast forward a bunch of years. I'm not sure if I, like, stayed in that season too long, or, like, it was just a really long season, um, but maybe four years ago or so, Pastor Peter was just wandering around the halls on some weekday, and I was here, and he was like, hey, you. Hi. <laughs> I love Pastor Peter. We love him so much, and we just honor and trust his um, walk with the Lord and his prophetic words that he has. He's like, hey, you ask not, or you have not because you ask not. What? I'm offended. Don't you know I'm in a season of not asking? Shh. Right? Like, I didn't say that to him, but I'm thinking, like, this is offensive. I'm not supposed to ask God. It's offensive. And, and so I was like, okay, mold that over for a few days. And finally, I was like, mm, okay, Lord, I'm just going to ask you for something small, a need, not a want. We can't go there yet. Well, we're not sure that's going to happen. So, <laughs> so I did. They were thinking, you know, it was things like food. Clothes for my kids. Money to pay the bills. I don't know. Honest to God, sometimes it was so small, like, Lord, I literally did the budget. I went grocery shopping. I used all my budget up, and I forgot apples. And the kids really want apples. Literally. 
literally, God uses my parents and my in-laws so many times. Like, Jenny would be like, here's some apples I got extra this week. <laughs> I was like, do you even know, like, how that was actually the word of God working in my life? Because I was asking, like, asking him for some apples. Like, it's just so beautiful just to see that. And so he was building my faith for, to asking, and he was telling me, you're in a season of the ask, so go ahead and ask for anything. I was like, oh, that's, I can't, that's offensive. I can ask you for apples. Like, that's easy, right? (laughs) And he was building my faith, and eventually I got to the point where I was like, Lord, I'd really like to go to Disney. (gasps) Yeah, I'm going there today. We going there. And so I know what Disney is, blah, 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 whatever. But it was just a dream in my heart to be able to take my kids to, like, the magical land of Disney. Because it, listen, it, they have really great customer service <laughs> and pretty great rides, too. I'm not advocating for Disney, but I'm just saying, that was the dream. Of my, that was me. Maybe yours is something totally different. That's okay. Don't be a hater. You know what I'm saying? God can redeem whatever. He can do whatever. Oh, hush on the room on that one. God can redeem Disney, people. Let's get some faith. Mustard seeds here. Come on. <laughs> Come on. And she's talking heresy this morning. Oh, my gosh. So, so anyways, I was like, Lord, I know. <laughs> Please, I just, this is a dream in my heart, and I will ask you, and if you say yes, amazing. If you say no, that's okay, too. And I really felt like he was like, yes, you can go, and I'll bless it. What? What are you saying? Okay, I'm going with that. <laughs> I'm not going to ask twice. We are just moving along with that. And so... I knew that we didn't have enough money to pay for it because it's Disney. Hello. But I trusted. He said, I'll bless it. Go ahead. I'm not going to get into details, but God provided in in a beautiful, miraculous way through his body. And and they were literally like, here's some money to go to Disney. What? 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 Okay. Okay. Really, Lord, that literally is you answering that heart cry to me. I'm just reminded of, okay, we talked about earlier how he gives rewards to his children who earnestly seek him, right? He rewards those. I don't know what that reward looks like. Maybe it's the beach. Maybe it's Disney. Maybe it's a new job with a bonus and a raise. I don't know, promotion. I don't know what it looks like for you. But we, AJ and I have been watching, um, what do you call it? Chosen. Chosen. So I know. I live under a rock. I should have been watching it however long ago when it first came out. But the fir- I just think, I just want you to think about this this morning. The first public miracle that Jesus did was not a healing, was not to raise someone from the dead. It was not a need. It was a want. His mother Mary, I know you're familiar with this story, but we're going to go back and tell it. His mother Mary, they were at a wedding, and she's like, listen, Jesus, they ran out of wine. And like that's going to be really um, shameful for the hosting family. And Jesus is like, why are you coming to me? It's not, my time has not yet come. But his mother must have seen something in his face. I'm just paraphrasing. His mother must have seen something in his face, in his eyes, in his look, in his demeanor. I don't know what. Because in the Bible it doesn't directly say he said yes. But she saw something. Maybe it was a mustard seed of faith. I don't know. But she said, 
to the servants and to the waiters, do whatever he commands you. She knew something was coming. And what did he do? He turned the water into wine for her desire, for her want. That was not a need, people. That w- and then what did he do? He went over and above, and there was more left over. Like they, they had so- plenty, abundance. This is the God we serve, the God of abundance. Not the God of just getting by, straggling by, just barely living, barely surviving, hanging on by a thread. That is not the God we serve. We serve a God of abundance in every aspect of our lives. And I just, I want to pray for us this morning. We're going to wrap up. And if you want to build your faith, you want to have a radical faith. Before we even do this, though, I want to talk about there two, real quick, two ways that I can think of to build your faith. One is it is taking those tiny steps, the mustard seed steps, to build and have him come and meet you, and now you're building trust with him, and now you can ask him for the bigger things and believe for the bigger things. And the other way, the gift of faith. The Bible tells us in Corinthians that one of the gifts is the gift of faith. So sometimes he just gives us faith and we just have it. And it's just radical and crazy and we don't even know why it's there. We're just believing for everything, right? So, so let's go after that this morning. And, and if that's you, I want you to stand. I want you to say, God, would you give me some radical faith this morning? Would you build my faith in the little things? So go ahead. Anybody? Nobody? No one? Hey, y'all got the radical faith? Amen, brother friend. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on. We always want more. I want more. There, there y'all are. Okay, I just felt like I was the only one up here who wanted the radical faith. <laughs> oh, no, Uncle Dave wants the radical faith. <laughs> I love you, Uncle Dave. You know, your word means so much to mm. me. And I'm so blessed. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was reading Genesis 7, 8, where Noah sealed himself. He didn't seal himself. He was sealed by the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I thought, peas. You know, there's a little pea pod. That's what we're out for. Lord's peace. We're sealed in Him. We have to trust in Him and we'll be blessed. Right. And the Holy Spirit is a seal unto us, right? Yes. Amen. So I just want you to reach your hands up so that you can receive this blessing, so that you can receive this faith that we are believing for this morning. And God, I just ask that you would come now that some of those this morning, you are just going to fall on them with radical faith. It is going to be one of the gifts of the Spirit that you give them. And they are going to walk out of here, and maybe this week, maybe the next week, maybe the coming month, they're going to see how there's been a change in their hearts, 
and then their decisions and their thinking where they're just like, I don't know. I just believe. I just have faith for this. I don't know where it came from. I'm going to tell you where it came from. It came from the Lord Jesus. And he's, he's bestowing upon you a gift of faith that you don't have to strive for and you don't have to try for. And I just release that over you right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray for those of you who are maybe in a season of like, I'm struggling with this faith. I've, I don't even know if I have a mustard seed, and that's pretty tiny. And I just say, God, would you build upon that small mustard seed? Would you grow it? Would you water it with your love and your presence? Would you meet them in the place where they are struggling and in their weakness? And would you grow that faith in them, that bond of trust, that covenant relationship that you so desire with them? And teach them your heart, show them your heart for them, for their lives. And God, that they would know that they could trust you in every season, for every decision, for everything in their lives. And let that faith build and grow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And that, and that, be blessed. Go out into the world and be blessed. Take, take this, what you have with you. Don't just keep it in this room, right? Take it with you. Think about it this week. Ask God some questions. All right. Have a great, great week.